Stop. Your name cannot be Ted Cruz as the Zodiac Killer. Anyways, let's do this. Okay, great way to start. All right. Should we say hello? Hello to listeners that may or may not be there. Again, negative two subscribers. Today we're talking about, what's her name? The Black Dahlia. I got, I forgot her name. Okay, so. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Elizabeth Short, that's her real name, was born July 29th, 1924 in Hyde Park, Massachusetts. She was known as a lot of different names, Betty, Bet, or Beth. She was very pretty. That was like her main thing that everyone knew about her. She was absolutely stunning. She was told she looked older and acted more mature than she really, really was. Um, She had a lot of uh, lung problems like asthma, but was described as a very lively girl. She was interested in movies, which was the main source of like affordable entertainment for her family, who was not very well off because at this time there was the Great Depression. Um... And yeah, very stunning, described as friendly, sweet, and generally just unforgettable. Now, the place where I got my information um, had a lot of quotes from people that knew her. And one of her friends said that they were going to be movie stars. They had planned to go to Hollywood and be in the movies. They were absolutely obsessed with all of that stuff. They would use porches as stages and they would perform and they pooled all their money together and they spent their money on song sheets to go by. Um, So... When her father, who had left her mother at a very young age, offered her residency with him in California, she accepted. And she moved to Vallejoe in early, like, 1943. Where have I heard Vallejoe before? I don't know, but it's there. I feel like that's a site of another, like, crime place. That's not where Charles Manson did his thing, is it? I don't know. I don't... I... (sighs) Vallejo. I feel like it's okay. All right. Whatever. Vallejo had some significance in my life at some point. Whatever. Okay. So there's a six flags there. I don't think that had anything to do with what I was mentioning. I don't know, but it's closed down due to coronavirus. Anyways, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So her father's name, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but her father's name was Cleo. And when she moved in with him, their relationship started to strain and she was kicked out mid like 1943. So she was left to fend for herself. So she applied for a job as a cashier at post exchange at camp cook. Um, And there the servicemen were creepy as all men are. And they noticed her um, creepily and she won the title camp cutie of camp cook in a beauty contest. Um, uh, she was really emotionally vulnerable at this time and generally uncomfortable with her work environment. And she left to stay with a girlfriend in Santa Barbara. Now in uh, in September, specifically September 23rd, 1943, she had her first and to my knowledge only run in with the law. Um, she was out with some rowdy teenagers in a restaurant until the owners called the police. And because she was underage at the time, she was booked and fingerprinted, but never charged with anything. So the police felt really bad for her and arranged for a return to her for Mass- uh, to Massachusetts. 
and she went back to Massachusetts, but then said nope, and later returned to Hollywood. <laughs> in in um, she moved to Los Angeles, and in LA, she met Lieutenant Gordon Fickling, which that name's just disgusting, and I don't like it. Um, she met Gordon Fickling, and they fell in love. They were planning to marry. However, Fickling was shipped out to Europe to fight in the war. So that was great for their relationship. So um, she's just said, well, bye. And she began dating some servicemen when she went back to Medford for the holidays. She fell in love with Major Matt Gordon, who was later killed in action. And after recovering from her just grief, she attempted to recover her old life by contacting her friends in Hollywood. Um, she contacted our old friend Gordon Fickling and met him later in Chicago. She fell for him again and agreed to join him in Long Beach before moving back to California to, con- to continue pursuing her movie dreams. Now, Elizabeth left L.A. on December 8th, 1946 to take a bus to San Diego, supposedly worried about something. Now, at the time, she had been staying with this guy named Mark Hansen, who later actually became a suspect. Um, and when he was asked about this, he said, quote, she was sitting there one night when I came home, sitting and crying and saying she had to get out of here. She was crying about being scared, which crying about being scared. That's I mean, that's a pretty vague description, Mark, whatever. OK. In San Diego, she befriended a girl named Dorothy French. Now, Elizabeth told Dorothy that she left Hollywood due to the difficulty of finding work as an actress due to many actors' strikes. And Dorothy offered a place to stay, and Short actually ended up staying with her for over a month. Now, um, Short did very little housework for the Frenches and continued her fun habits of partying and on and off dating. She met Robert, a.k.a. Red Manley, a salesman from L.A. with a pregnant wife. So yucky. Um, she, uh, he admitted he was attracted to Elizabeth, but he denied ever sleeping with her, which I don't buy, but whatever. Um, she started dating him and Short asked him for a ride back to Hollywood. He obliged and picked her up from the French household on January 8th, 1947. He paid for her hotel room and partied with her. Um, Upon return, he slept in the bed with short on the chair. What do we think? I, I vibe with that. But don't you give like the lady the bed? Isn't that like chivalry or something? Come on. Red Manly, you think he's dating the chair? Okay, was chivalry dead back in 1947? I, I know it's dead now, but was I don't it dead know. back in 1947? I Elizabeth Short was dead in 1947. Stop! That's a spoiler. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> okay. Um. So Manly had this appointment. Never specified what appointment, but he had an appointment. Um, the morning of January 9th and returned to the hotel room to pick Elizabeth up at noon. She told him that she was returning to Massachusetts, but needed to meet her sister at the Biltmore hotel in Hollywood. Manley drove her there and did not stick around because of an, a, another appointment at six 30. So he did not wait for her sister to arrive. And the last sight of her was her making phone calls in the lobby. 
Now, Manly and the hotel employees were the last people to see her alive. She was missing for six days before her body was found in a vacant lot on the morning of January 15th, 1947. Now, the way that she was found is just disgusting. And if I was ever, like, walking and I found someone like this, I would just... I think have a heart attack on the spot. So <laughs> I thought you were about to say leave. I thought you were honestly gonna be like, you know, if I found a body like this, I think I'd just head out. I mean, <laughs> I pretend- no, I would call the police. I pretend I do to- not see it. I pretend I do not see it. Okay. So um, this woman's name who found her, her name was Betty Berzinger, and she was headed for a shoe repair shop and took her three-year-old daughter with her. So this is one of the daughter's earliest memories, probably, and the most horrific. Like, can you imagine you're three and you see this? Okay. They passed a lot of, like, vacant lots where they were walking. And Betty noticed something white among the weeds. And she originally thought it was a storm mannequin. But a storm mannequin is a really odd object to throw it away, especially in two halves. So she realized it was a woman who had been severed in halves and rushed to a nearby house to call the police. Now, officers Frank Perkins and Will Fitzgerald arrived to the scene within minutes. Um, Now, homicides were very rare for the LAPD, but this one became top priority because of, because it was so just gruesome. Um, So Captain John Donahoe assigned two senior detectives to the case, Detective and Sergeant Harry Hansen and Detective Finnis Brown. Um, Now, after the orders were received to go to the scene, um, the detective saw that the scene was absolutely just destroyed. It was heavily contaminated with onlookers, reporters, photographers, journalists, you name it, they were there and they were just tromping all over the crime scene. So Hansen was just absolutely furious and ordered to um, clear the scene. Okay, so the detectives investigated the crime scene while the woman's body was transported to the L.A. County morgue. Now, take it away. <laughs> Here we go. Please don't ever do that to me ever again. Take it away. I Please stop. The body of Elizabeth Short was completely severed at the waist and completely drained of blood, leaving her skin a very pallid and very shiny white. Um, according to medical examiners... Paler than you, or like... I'm not. I am trying <laughs> to educate the people. Yeah. Okay, continue. Hush your mouth. According to the medical examiner, she had been dead 10 hours prior to discovery, placing her death either very early morning on January 15th or very late the night of the 14th. Uh, her body had been completely washed by the killer with gasoline. A Glasgow smile was carved into her mouth, and there were many cuts around the thighs and breasts, as well as portions of the flesh that had been sliced away entirely. Can we take a brief interlude to talk about Glasgow smiles? No, we may not. Um... But wait, I want uh, I wait, I want to talk about it. I we're gonna talk um, about that and not the fact that the lower half of her body was a, a solid foot away from the upper part. Just yes. just slightly spaced apart. And then the intestines, from what I can tell, were all very very neatly and delicately just tucked up right under the butt. <laughs> they tied up in a little can you imagine a little if bow. the killer just tied them they up? They braid it real nice and just 
It's like making bread, but worse. Near this complete mess of a body was a slight heel print by some tire tracks, as well as a cement sack nearby filled with watery blood. Wait, did he run her over? No. There okay. were just some tire tracks around, a slight heel print, and then um, a, a very crude juice box, per se. <laughs> Don't call it a juice Capri box. Sun. Don't call it a Capri Fruit Punch sun. flavored. Don't call it any of those things. Call it what you Kool-Aid. had in your notes. A little pack. A cement Stop. sack with watery blood. A little sippy it's cup. not a Capri Sun. He made her into a Capri Sun. New flavor coming out Elizabeth this summer. Short. <laughs> the okay. following day on January 16th, the autopsy was performed, uh, confirming that there were literature marks on the ankles, wrists, and neck, as well as an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on the right breast. There were also superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and lower left side of the chest. The body was cut in half by a surgical term, which I can only attempt to pronounce as a hemicorporectomy. Um, and there was very little bruising along the incision line, which suggests that the cut happened after death as well as by a possible medical professional. Um, there were several blows to the head, uh, meaning that the cause of death was hemorrhaging from lacerations to the face and sh- the shock from blows to the head and face. Um, her anal canal was also dilated. I can't remember whether it was 1.75 centimeters or inches, and either way, it is too much. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's too much. A little, it's too much. Either way, it did suggest um, a possible rape, although all sperm tests came back negative. Yuck. Indeed. Yeah. Yuck indeed. Okay. So. Okay. Centimeters. Inches is just a lot. That's that's like two thumbs. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Let's just hope to God it's centimeters. Okay. (laughs) So the Herald Express was the main was. Okay. The Herald Express, let me tell you, are full of just terrible people. So this newspaper had absolutely just breaking info on the case and the LAPD had identified the victim. So our good friend, William Randolph Hearst, who was the owner of the newspaper, had discovered the leads and crucial info and was going to share this with the police. However, it was for a price. The newspaper would continue investigating the clues and would be granted exclusives and the LAPD would have access to all info the reporters found. See, that's why, this is why I just absolutely hate journalists and reporters. Because I feel like they're, they only, they don't care about, like, you know, like, crimes and stuff. They don't care about, the, they don't care about, like, um, putting a bad person in jail. They just want a story. I just, I have a grudge against journalists. Um, okay. So, the newspaper, um, 
Oh, that's not where I was. Okay. So um, this, the LAPD captain, Donahoe, was very not happy with this, but he agreed as he was desperate for information on the case. So Wayne Sutton, who was a rewrite man, was assigned to locate Phoebe Short. And upon finding her, he was instructed to break the news of Elizabeth's death, which is not an easy job. However, Sutton took it a step further and decided, hmm, I need to obtain this info on Elizabeth first because after breaking the news that, oh, her daughter's dead, she's not going to tell me anything because she's going to be in just a crying fit. So he sat there and he said, hey, Phoebe, your your daughter, Elizabeth, won a beauty contest in L.A. And since Phoebe just loved to talk about Elizabeth, she told Sutton just everything about her daughter. And so once he, oh, don't worry. He got the info. Like the info has been received. He broke the news and Phoebe actually didn't believe him. And they LEPD had to contact local cops and send them to the short residence for her to accept the news. Um, now after this huge debacle, there were lots of anonymous tips and reports that came in, but only one proved useful. The caller relayed that Elizabeth kept photo albums of herself and friends in a trunk, which had gone missing during shipment from Chicago to LA. After it was found by the Herald Express, um, they published a picture of her on the front page, and she was officially named the Black Dahlia. That's Why would she call Black Dahlia? They took with it. Well, she was also in the stampy clothing. Oh, it was, yeah. she was in black. Gross. Okay. And then she used to wear like Dahlia flowers in her hair all the time. And then there was also the Blue Dahlia mm-hmm. movie that came out around, I don't know when it came out, but before and or during this. So the additional media reports deemed the murder a, <laughs> a sex fiend slaying in the Los Angeles Times. Yeah. A yeah, sex I, fiend added, slaying. I added that one, one you- in because. Like, half the people who are like, oh, she's called the Black Dahlia because she was in, like, this tight black clothing. They also looked at her and they were like, oh, that's a woman who would sleep a with my fiend. husband. You know what this was? A prostitute. You know what this murder was? A sex <laughs> fiend slaying. <laughs> Los Angeles I'm Times crying. did not okay. see rest in peace. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Los Angeles Times said, "Rest in prost, rest in prostitution, rest in pieces" is more accurate. Either way, um, a couple days later, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, a couple days later, it is unclear whether this is January twenty first, twenty second, or twenty third. Uh, but either way, it was it was definitely in nineteen forty seven. A man who claimed to be the killer placed a call to the examiner, uh, said he was very upset with the way that the story was being told in the papers, and offered to mail her belongings to prove his claim, saying that he eventually wanted to turn himself in, but didn't really feel like it until there was proper proof the police were really after him, so he felt like, you know, he deserved it a little bit. The attention. I hate people. I hate I hate killers who send stuff into. See, but he didn't send it. Look at you. He just he just lightly told the editor very mysteriously to expect souvenirs of short in the mail, which I can only imagine that this man was sitting there. Like, what body part was she missing, and when is it about to arrive in my mailbox? Okay, but 
kill okay but killers who are in communication with newspapers just make me so angry i'm looking at you btk i'm looking at you zodiac because it's just such a power grab and such a narcissistic no but you know what tears apart the narcissism it's the fact that on january 24th in a nice little manila envelope to certain newspapers with words cut and pasted out from little newspapers like some kindergartner's project that they sent home to their mom (laughs) scalp him pasted like being all nice and fancy (laughs) probably illiterate here are yeah like mean girls except it's (laughs) here are dahlia's belongings letter to follow so it's not even a letter, which I don't <laughs> understand. Why would you send something saying, I am sending you something? <laughs> Either way. Okay. Um, in those belongings included her birth certificate, her business cards, photographs, uh, lists of names on little scraps of paper, as well as an address book belonging to Mark Hansen, uh, which were all washed with gasoline, much like her body. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, you may. can I interrupt for one second? Wasn't her freaking social security card in sure. there? However, because I'm thinking, okay, how do you get, I don't know about you, but a birth certificate is not something I just carry around with me. Like my own birth certificate, I don't just carry around with me. Also, like how, like, how did he sit there and get her birth certificate? People keep them. You, you read the, you read the drag right? (laughs) The times to cut out these little letters and to put them all in a nice order for these newspapers and it was basically just like here's a letter letter to follow yes top through a window to get what was her elaine's elaine's birth certificate it's probably just in a drawer somewhere yes he did do that if you took the the trouble to cut her body in half you probably could do a little digging and figure out where her little birth certificate was kept Either way, despite okay. the gasoline washing, fingerprints were lifted, and maybe you're thinking, wow, this, this yes, could idiot. be over. But then, they were compromised in transit, and they were unable to be identified. So, solid <laughs> F. Solid always F happens. for the police department on that one. An F in the chat for the <laughs> LAPD. Uh, that same day, a handbag and one suede shoe were discovered two miles from where her body was dumped. Also wiped clean with gasoline, and no fingerprints available. One shoe. Just the one. Just one. Just the one. What happened to the other one? He ate it. I, you know, I'm I'm a little shoe boy. Chompa chompa. I'm sure the <sighs> police department said, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> of course. Fingers crossed. Okay. He... Okay. Here's the thing. He says, I will give up on the Dahlia killing if I get 10 years. Don't try to find me. How is he me. gonna get ten years? Oh, wait. Maybe he. Maybe he meant if I get. I think maybe what? if they were to maybe issue it. a statement that was like, "Hey, yo, if you come in, you will get." Because because he said, "Yeah, he was gonna yeah, turn himself so in." He was just waiting for like a an official statement that was like, "If you come in, you will get ten years in prison." But that's oh. it. And then they okay. didn't. Because I was like, how is, I was like, yeah, I was like, how is he sitting there and being like, don't try to find I me, know. but like, I'll give up if I get 10 years. Okay. Be like, oh, rad. And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Got A couple it, days okay. later, January 26th, there was another letter received by the examiner. RIP to them. This one was handwritten. So <laughs> arts and crafts out of Ooh, old. fancy. I, I bet agree. he had bad handwriting. Um, the letter stated that the killer would turn himself in on the 29th. Uh, the police 
got all ready, went to the to the predetermined location, and absolutely no one showed up. Which I can't say I'm surprised, but still. <laughs> okay, I just want I just want someone. I want okay, let's say we get listeners. Let's say they enjoy this. I want one person to sit there and be all up in our DMs saying, Oh yeah, on this date and at this time, a police meetup with a serial killer worked and he was arrested. Like I when has that ever DIY, happened? Do it just yourself. ever. <laughs> D- DIY <laughs> how to serial killer. Uh but anyways, he did not show up and instead decided to you know, continued to be a little old-fashioned and sent another letter just basically saying, uh, I changed my mind, and also that his killing of the Black Dahlia was completely justified. End of story. Deals off. Did he ever say he, it uh, wasn't justified? No, but just in the sense of Hill, his previous letters were like, ah ha ha, try and catch me, and then this one was like, don't, I was right. Okay. Okay. Hot, hot, you know. Got it. All right. Um, and then roughly two <laughs> months later, on March fourteenth, there was a suicide note found tucked into a shoe, not the same type of shoe as the other shoe that was found, but a shoe, non- a shoe nonetheless. That would have been so cool. Though. I had with a lot of so cool. like clothes around it. There was a very long list, none of which seemed life sus- uh, you know, important at all, but. Just, just, just a pile of clothes, <laughs> and then this shoe, and then a suicide note in the shoe. There are layers to this. Uh, there were no I clues, mean, okay. absolutely none, to identify the owner of of the singular shoe or any of the clothing items around it. Um, and within it, it said, "To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in." <laughs> So this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Okay, is that like sorry from Mary or sorry, Mary? Just like his his, wife, his wife Mary, who's just Mary, Mother of God. Those are the three options. (laughs) Sorry, the Virgin Mary. I apologize. I you know. I don't know. And then eventually, the Black Dahlia was officially declared a cold case by roughly the spring of 1947. So imagine the suicide note being found, and then about a month later, they just said, you know, I got nothing. (laughs) Me. Okay. So let's talk about the killer from like a psychological perspective or um just analyzing what this dude had in his mind so there were two main theories one elizabeth had never met her killer or two she did those are the theories <laughs> i love, she knew I love those two theories um, police were 100 percent of the human population people elizabeth had known yeah people elizabeth <laughs> did not know Okay, so police were convinced that she knew him because the mutilations on the corpse presented the idea that it was a personal vendetta. So FBI criminal profiler, who I hold very dear to my heart, John Douglas, believed the killer must have known her well and had an emotional attachment to her. He 
um, hypothesized that the horrific violence inflicted upon her and public display would indicate that the killer wanted the world to see Elizabeth short and the wrongdoings that she had done to him. So, um, to further this, the Herald Express contacted Dr. Paul DeRiver for an expert opinion. Um, he said pretty much the same thing. However, he also mentioned the possibility that the killer might be a necrophiliac due to the fact that he clearly spent a lot of time with the victim after her death. I, we look, love a good necrophiliac. However, something that goes somewhere. Yup. Yep. Okay. So before we get into suspects, I did this after, like, I said, I told you I was done with my notes, but I did this anyway. Um, here are some other theories that are really stupid and aren't correct, but I'm going to highlight them because I like a fun little segment. I see a fun little segment in our future just absolutely scalping bad police departments. Two other theories. Besides the fact that this was one independent killing. So one theory said there was a possible serial killer on the loose. Um, and this started all the way back in 1946. Wait, no. I, why did I say all the way back? It started um, with six-year-old Suzanne Degnan being kidnapped in Chicago in the January of 1946. The police found her body in sewers. Um, and William Hayrens was arrested for burglary in Degnan's neighborhood, and after interrogation, he confessed to her murder. They also linked two additional murders to him during his trial, and he got three life terms. Um, so this was theorized to be connected to the Black Dahlia for several reasons. Short's body was found three squares west of Degnan Boulevard. Um, I say Degnan Boulevard, not that it was the boulevard where Suzanne lived, but because the boulevard is literally named Degnan Boulevard. Um, there were similarities between the written work, um, uh, uh, like letters sent in, like a, the mix of the upper and lowercase letter and like the magazine clippings and all of that. They both had a deformed letter P formed from um like on like the letters and it again formed from magazine clippings and both of them Suzanne and Elizabeth were dismembered and drained of blood but Hirons was in jail during the killing so that takes this whole theory and just throws it out the window <laughs> um so again fun segment about how police are just police are just terrible um so the other theory is this was a possible police cover-up um so there was a journalist named Agnes Underwood who worked for the Herald Express. She covered an interview with Manley, our friend Robert Manley, after being prodded by LAPD homicide detective and Lieutenant Ray Guys. Now, the morning after the interview, she was taken off the case. No idea why. She was really shocked. Um, but two days later, she was reassigned and then almost immediately pulled off again, and this time permanently. Um, a lot of people theorized she was getting too close to finding out the truth. Um, now, when the grand jury convened, there was no suspect. Um, like, like no suspect was, uh, like, ever really truly brought in. But there was one suspect that um, they were looking at. Um, uh, his name was, God, his name was Leslie Dillon, I think it was. Um 
he was illegally detained and there was no solid concrete evidence against him. And the police were dead set on just um, him still that he was the killer. So witnesses came forward claiming innocence for Dylan, but the police didn't want to convince the jury because they believed that the witnesses lacked credit um, credibility, weirdly. Um, so although this dude never got put in for the Black Dahlia murder, um, findings during this trial brought a lot of corruption within the LAPD to light. So a lot of uh, jealousy and secrecy there caused cases to not be passed on properly. And nothing ever really happened except the LAPD getting really shaken up. And they dismissed one police chief, um, Clemis Horrell. I don't know if that was a good segment to add. I feel like but it was there you perfect. Go. I don't know. Three Let's talk about suspects. Who were on the original list of suspects that are still on the updated current list of suspects today. Including Mark Hansen, Dr. George Hodel, and Dr. Patrick S. O'Reilly, who I I would like if I if I didn't know anything about him. Tell us more. All right, <laughs> we're starting with with Dr. Pat Pat over here. Um, he Dr. Pat Pat. Uh, Dr. Pat Pat O'Reilly. Ever say that again? Short through Mark Hansen at the same nightclub that he liked to attend with Elizabeth, as well as a lot of other women. Uh, he also allegedly attended a couple sex parties at Malibu with Mark Hansen as well. So, Ooh. Pat Pat and Han Han, hello. Uh, we cannot give them well, names. Pat they Pat was previously murderers. convicted of assault with a deadly weapon, um, <laughs> taking his secretary to a motel Ooh, and beating her nearly good. to death uh, to apparently satisfy his sexual desires without intercourse. So, R.I.P. Uh, Pat Pat. Um, okay. And I no, not R.I.P. Pat Pat. R.I.P. Um, his um, secretary. Yeah. Oh, but he this is. Oh, okay, never mind. With his poor, poor secretary, disproves his history of violent crimes with sexual motivation, which was a lot of the reason why the LAPD was interested in Pat Pat. Uh, he also had his right pectoral surgically removed, which was similar to the mutilation present on Elizabeth's body as well at the scene of the crime. Uh, I feel like that's it should also interesting. Be he okay. was once married to a daughter of one of the LAPD captains. Connections, Ooh. history of violent crimes, and a missing pectoral. What and a missing pectoral. Suspects. Okay. I'm interested also... in his right pectoral being removed. That's. that's yes, so Dr. you Pat said he was a doctor. Absolutely. So, uh, okay. They're, everyone's saying it has to be. The, he, she was cut in two, so it had to be medical training. So he was are, confirm. Are we confirming that he was a doctor of? The, I believe he was like, a medical doctor kind. of medical kind. However, it's not often mentioned in okay. any of his bios because they were more focused on the fact that he almost beat a secretary to death. Doctor of, uh, like, yes, beating secretaries to death. Doctor of Assault with a Deadly okay. Weapon. All right. <laughs> uh, suspect number two, we're going to swing over to a okay. sex party buddy, Mark Hansen, uh, who was who the only one of these three oh, okay. who didn't really have any medical training of any kind. He was a nightclub and theater or- owner and knew Elizabeth Short during her time in Los Angeles. Uh, he allowed her to live in his home multiple times between May and October of 1946. I Short stays that were spaced weeks months apart but happened time and time again 
Uh, he was also on a phone call with her on January 6th, one day before her disappearance, and is considered to be one of the last people to talk to her ever before this happens. Uh, and when he was later interrogated about the call, he contradicted himself several times. I wonder if he was one of the calls that she made while she was I in the lobby of a hotel. I don't know. However, he was considered very suspicious by the LAPD because he could not keep his story straight. Okay. About this phone call. None of them can. One too many sex parties for my yeah. uh, He was also the owner of the address book found mm-hmm. in the package from the killer. Uh, but he told the LAPD that he had given it to her to use as her own. So it was no longer his. It just happened to have his name on it. But it belonged to Elizabeth. It wasn't like it was his possession that found its way okay. into her possessions. Um, and Files also indicated Got that it. he All right. in fact try to seduce her at one point. But uh, by all accounts, failed miserably. So, <laughs> I, the sex parties can only get you so far with the ladies, apparently. And Elizabeth Short was not one to, yes. to partake in Mark Hansen. Uh, number three, swinging back <laughs> into the medical professionals, we have Dr. George Hodel, which is. By- <laughs> okay. Short was one of his girlfriends. Uh, quotation marks around the word girlfriends uh, and had spent time together with him at the Bitmore Hotel along with Hanson and O'Reilly and all of their various friends. Uh, he was also accused of molesting his 14-year-old daughter in October of 1949. So after after these events, uh, three witnesses uh, told the courts that they had seen him having sexual relations with his daughter, uh, but he was later acquitted of charges in December of 1949. Uh, he had also had in his possession a nude photograph of Elizabeth Short and another model, but when the model was questioned, she didn't know that much about Elizabeth Short, and that just turned out to be kind of a dead end. He have a picture of her, like, the model with oh, the Short, or just a, two pictures? Okay. How, how is I, she, like, her, she doesn't know uh, her. For she only one photograph okay, that we know of, and the model was just like, yes, we were in that photo. <laughs> But I like she couldn't give okay. any location. She probably knew name, and that's about it. Do that nude photograph <laughs> of Short, as well as his disgusting, disgusting family history. Police placed him under surveillance from roughly February eighteenth, nineteen fifty, to March twenty seventh of that same year. Uh, there were two microphones placed in his home, who were monitored by eighteen detectives searching for any insinuating comments of any kind day after they started this february 19th 1950 he was reported talking about a mystery woman whose screams were also captured by the microphones uh, i believe the transcript said something along the lines of woman screams period woman screams again um but later on he's talking about a dead woman and then finally one of his most insinuating comments was supposing i did kill the black dahlia they couldn't prove it now they can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. I, uh, this secretary Pat, was originally Pat, going to expose him for intentionally <laughs> misdiagnosing patients as well as billing them for many unnecessary procedures and a very, very bad attempt to make bank on George Hodel's part. Uh, but it's believed that Elizabeth Short may have been one of those patients that was misdiagnosed and or charged for these wild procedures. Uh, but Throughout all accounts, throughout the rest of Hodel's life, he wasn't a large suspect. They just knew that he did some terrible stuff to his secretary, but they couldn't prove anything past that. 
Uh, but his his lovely son, Steve Hodell, uh, was a Los Angeles homicide detective and published <laughs> a book in which he claims that his father oh. committed the murder as well as a couple of other unsolved murders of the time. <laughs> I was... Which the police did well, try to take into account, well, but there was well, nothing more to back it up than what they already had. So it was just, it was just a son, just roasting well, his father. Well, I think we got him. I think we got yes. him. His own, his son being like, "Hey, hey, dad, I'm gonna publish this book. Oh, yeah, and you committed this it murder. Like, I'm gonna expose you. It was. Like, I think hey, we got him. My dad, I think we got guess him. what he did. Either way." His son uh, I think we got has him. a website now. Um, not now. I assume he's... Well, he's got to be dead. Um, but has and or had a website where he, he continued to update information about the Black Dahlia case. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I don't... <laughs> I don't think this requires... I, I, he sounds good. However, he, he sounds... Yeah. So... Steve Hodel knows, and Steve Hodel says it's the my point father. where he published it. He goes, he goes and arrests his corpse. He goes and arrests his corpse. Want. He just uh, puts, he just puts handcuffs on the corpse. I, anyways, to recap, we have this <laughs> a a mannequin as well as a Capri Sun. To wrap this up, who killed the Black Dahlia? Steve Hodel knows. We don't know. <laughs> Okay, that was the unsolved murder of the Black Dahlia. This is like one of my favorites, I have to say. This is really good. I, I, ever since I, okay, the way I heard about this case was American Horror Story. That, like, and I like that theory, that, or I like the story that they gave. Like, she was there for like plastic surgery, and you had this like crazed surgeon, like, I, I, I enjoyed that story and I think it, it'll be like I like that ties into I your George Hodel part but... and I vibe with it. No, I think that's I don't think happened. it's any one of these three. You don't? Who do you think it was? I, there were tons of suspects. There were so many suspects. On the place that um, I mean, where I yeah, went there was at least 20 It's been narrowed them. down and or added to. That's not the same list as it is now. The three, the same, the three okay, that we the discussed same... are, I believe, the only okay, three the current... from the time period that have carried over. The original that and are I, on the current. I don't... Yeah. Is there... Well, no, that's... Okay. Nope, that's Thank actually a lie. That. Nope, that's not a lie. No, I thought... No, I yeah, thought... Okay, Robert Manley before. is now on the current suspects list, and he wasn't, I believe. Okay, I'm looking at the that the old suspects list and it just says a bullet point a, yeah. a chicago police officer which is like that's what, it oh, oh and also name, but they were probably like you know who surgeon. this would have been really easy for a cop a police officer yeah okay all right okay that's one we down that we did we did it this has been episode one of it's not the it's blood and guts the podcast came up with that name last night in a fever dream and now it's the single best name for a podcast i've ever heard in my life okay i'm gonna plug the one social media that we have because um i made it today it's 
uh, on Instagram at Blood and Guts Pod. And as soon as I get this podcast approved, we should be on um, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, um, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, which are all great web and. Uh, Ted Cruz is the real Zodiac Killer. Bye. For legal reasons, that was a joke.